National Signing Day is here, and what should we expect for Tennessee? We know a lot of what's already in the class, but could there be some late surprises? Your National Signing Day preview podcast for Tennessee. It happens right now. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Wednesday morning, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Vaults. I am your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you for being here. You can always find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vaults. National Signing Day is here. We really, really do appreciate you for getting the day started with us here on Locked On Vaults, making this your first listen, a part of the of the uh, Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. And quickly, a big shout out to FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to go ahead and get started today. All right, so what's in store for Tennessee for National Signing Day? That's coming up in segment two and a little bit here in one as well. Uh, late commits, question mark. There are some questions heading into the day. We'll get to that in a matter of moments, set the table on what we already know about this signing class in segment two, and then get Josh Ward's thoughts for Ward Wednesday coming up in segment number three. All right, so Tennessee late last night around the 9 o'clock Eastern time, um, around 9 o'clock Eastern time, Tennessee did pick up a commit. A high school tight end has committed for Tennessee to Tennessee, and, and that's that's huge, obviously, because we know uh, about the flip of Jonathan Eccles from Tennessee to UCF. He had been Tennessee's class forever. If memory serves me correct, he was Tennessee's first commit for the class of 2024, uh, long, you know, back when the class of 2023 was still the priority. Nonetheless, he was a longtime commit. He flipped from Tennessee to USF a couple weeks ago, and Tennessee, of course, is attacking the transfer portal trying to find a tight end, and they did, and Notre Dame deflection holding stays, but still needed to bring in, bring in a high school tight end on scholarship because you need bodies in that room in the worst way, and late last night on a Tuesday night, it was uh, Her- Cole Harrison. Cole Harrison from California has committed to the University of Tennessee. So, you know, Cole Harrison didn't camp an awful lot, all right? Didn't really explode onto the scene as a junior last year, so he's pretty much well, you know, not well known. He's a three-star rated prospect by on3247 and rivals.com. 6 foot 6, 215 pounds. Um he's got a nice build, got a nice frame to put on some more weight. He's not ready to play right now. Of course, can't will come in, likely be a redshirt freshman. Maybe see a little bit of time in mop-up duty. Probably won't see any time on special teams. But this is a guy that you hope that you know can turn into a player down the line. And it's important. Again, I mean, we always talk about uh, you know who cares. Go make the splashy commits. Go make go get the splashy guys out of the transfer portal. Well, that's fine. As Tony Vitello once said, I mean, you can celebrate all you want. You can you can be the the villains of college baseball, but not before your meat and potatoes. Meaning. You can't do any of that unless you put in the hard work to earn that respect. Well, you know, meat and potatoes is you, you got to you got to bring in a well-rounded class. Okay, you can't have deficiencies on your roster, especially from a numbers perspective, and that's kind of where you are at tight end right now. So that's why it's so important that you brought in a high school tight end committed to Tennessee last night. We'll sign with Tennessee here today, and uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you know those signees, those uh, national letters of intent, um, you know might already be coming gone. Tennessee gets it done early in the morning. In fact, Josh Heupel's 
you know, press conference to wrap up signing day is scheduled for 1.30 Eastern time. And so typically the last couple of years with the Josh Heupel regime, these have all been done around, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and so it, it's, it's really kind of, it's neat to get it all kind of done and out of the way, but it's, it's gone to the blink of an eye. And of course, there's not a whole lot of anticipation. There's not a whole lot of, you know, holding your breath for some surprises. That's, it's not really signing day anymore, unfortunately, but by the time you're listening to this, maybe Cole Harrison and the, and you know, his future teammates have already signed and this is a little bit outdated, but Cole Harrison did commit to the University of Tennessee late last night. We'll sign with Tennessee here on a Wednesday for National Signing Day. Again, he is from California, six foot six, two hundred fifteen pounds. He'll join the tight end room of Ethan Davis, uh, who's going to be a starter next year, along with Holden Stays coming out of the transfer portal. You have Emmanuel Okoye as well, who's on roster, and that's pretty much it. Now there was talk of trying to bring in another tight end from the high school ranks, and that was. A Kentucky commit and Willie Rodriguez at the time of this recording, and again, anything can happen at the time of this recording. Um, it feels like Willie Rodriguez is going to stay in the Kentucky signing recruiting class. And so, again, maybe he flips on signing day and signs in Tennessee. I don't know, but at the time of this recording, it feels like Willie Rodriguez is going to stick with his commitment to Kentucky. Now, let's quickly shift over to the transfer portal before we get into more signing day notes in segment number two. Big names still out there, of course. You know, Jalen Farmer, offensive lineman from uh, Florida. You know, Devin Mitchell, defensive back from Villanova. You know, there, there's a laundry list of names that Tennessee's offered via the transfer portal. But really, two of the ones that Tennessee is channeling in on, trying to get to the finish line here, is Jermon McCoy, defensive back cornerback formerly of Oregon State, and, of course, Chris Brazel, the wide receiver. I think if Tennessee were to close down Chris Braswell and, and and lock that down and get him to commit to Tennessee, that'd be huge. I think he could be potential number one wide receiver type. You know, the the former Tulane wide receiver got good size. You know, six foot four ish, six foot five ish, maybe if we're being generous. Um, good size on the outside, runs really good routes. Thirty nine to forty teams have already contacted him out of the transfer portal, so he is a hot commodity. And Tennessee's kind of right there, kind of at the finish line with a couple other programs, and we will see if Tennessee can close that one down and finish that one out. Uh, Jermon McCoy, I feel good about Tennessee getting. I truly do. It's the time of this recording. It's not done yet, but I do feel good about that one. I like where Tennessee stands there, and uh, we'll kind of have to see as we move on and um, as Tennessee continues to get more via the transfer portal, who else could jump in as this window is still open for the next couple of weeks. All right, Tennessee gets Cole Harrison, a tight end from the high school ranks, commits to Tennessee late last night. He will sign with Tennessee on Wednesday. That is some good news. And uh, we'll come back and we'll look at Tennessee in the National Signing Day preview. Kind of where's this class at right now and what more could we expect? All that and more is coming up next right here on Locked On Ball. Stay tuned. Do you want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel? FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on all that action. You can take part in the app. It's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, which is you know most commonly referred to as when you think of betting, you're betting against the spread or with the spread. Player props, I, I encourage new users at, uh, with the FanDuel app at FanDuelSportsBook.com. 
uh, to to check out the uh, the player props because it's something specific that you can focus on throughout the entirety of the game or the contest. Totals, overs, we love those here at, at Locked On Vols, unders as well, and so much more. But again, right now, one hundred and fifty dollars. And bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. More to come here on Locked On Vols. All right, welcome back into Locked On Vols, your team every single day, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What is Tennessee looking at right now entering National Signing Day? So we talked about, and again, if you're listening to this, I spoke about things are hectic. Okay. Let me just kind of pull the curtain back a little bit. Things are very hectic in terms of, you know, news that's expected to be out there. Um, but the timing of that news can kind of skip all over the place. So I spoke in segment one at the time of this recording about a commit that Tennessee got. Um, I'm going to reference, I'm going to not acknowledge that here in this segment, just in case that commit did not happen, and I have to go back and re-record segment number one. So kind of pulling behind the curtain a little bit. Welcome to the era of the transfer portal. Welcome to the night before National Signing Day. It gets a little hectic. So um, hopefully that segment has stayed untouched, and, and Tennessee did reel in a commitment on Tuesday night. But here in segment two, I'm going to speak on it, speak as if it has not happened. And, of course, I'll come back on, on Thursday's show We'll go back, recap, recap everything that happened on National Signing Day. I'll give you these numbers again and all that. And I'll give you the official kind of rankings on where Tennessee is post-National Signing Day. So I hope all that makes sense. Uh, kind, of, kind of a lot, kind of a mouthful right there, but I hope that all kind of makes sense. But here's where Tennessee stands entering National Signing Day. Tennessee, according to the On3 rankings, you guys know me. I work at VolQuest.com. We are an affiliate of the On3 network. Going into National Signing Day, Tennessee is currently ranked 13th in the country, 8th in the SEC. That's not great, right? I mean, you look at the SEC ranks where Tennessee ranks 8th entering National Signing Day, and Tennessee is behind Georgia at 1. This is SEC rankings. Alabama 2. Texas is already in there at number 3. Florida at 4. Oklahoma at 5. Remember, those two teams coming into the SEC for the 2024 season, so they're already in these rankings. Auburn at 6, LSU at 7, Tennessee at number 8. The teams in the SEC behind Tennessee is A&M at 9, South Carolina at 10, Ole Miss at 11, Missouri at 12, Kentucky at 13, Arkansas at 14, Mississippi State at 15, and Vanderbilt at 16. So Tennessee enters National Signing Day ranked 13th in the country, 8th in the SEC. That's not great, right? I mean, that's not going to win you a whole lot of awards. And a lot of people were jumping in my comments after we had the conversation about, you know, the allocation of name, image, and likeness more towards the transfer portal, like what Ole Miss is doing, or trying to spread the wealth between portal and your high school ranks. And a lot of people were saying, well, look at Tennessee's rankings. That's that's nothing to, to brag about. Believe me, I ain't bragging about that. I don't think 13th in the land and 8th in the SEC is good. I'm not bragging about that whatsoever. Tennessee had a lot of momentum in the spring. Tennessee had a lot of momentum in July. Tennessee entered fall with a lot of momentum. Tennessee's not close well, point blank. At the time of this recording, I mean, Tennessee, again, anything can happen. We'll see what happens, but Tennessee did not close. Uh, Tennessee did not close uh, with Cam Michael. Tennessee did not close with Jordan Seaton. Tennessee did not close with Roger Saliapunga. Tennessee did not close with a number of these fall targets, where in, in, in years past, Tennessee did close with Aaron Carter. 
Tennessee did close with David Hobbs. Tennessee did close with James Pierce. Tennessee did close with some of these other, you know, Justin Williams Thomas a couple of cycles ago. I know he didn't pan out. He entered the transfer portal, and I think he's he was either committed to Stanford. He might be at Cal. Nonetheless, my point is Tennessee had closed on some of those targets that they that they narrowed in on in the fall in recent years. That wasn't really the case this year. So I'm not going to sit here and try to say, oh, Ole Miss is doing that so wrong. Look, you know, to follow the Tennessee route. I don't know the correct route. I'm not, I'm not a general manager. I'm not a head football coach. Uh, there's, there's a lot of experimenting out there right now. Uh, but anybody who thought I was bragging about where Tennessee's recruiting is right now, I mean, could be much worse. I think Tennessee's done um, well in spots in terms of recruiting. I think there's clearly a directive um, with Josh Heupel and the way he wants to recruit. Quarterback getting after the quarterback. I think Tennessee's done a nice job in those areas. There's a lot of players I like in the last couple of cycles and in this class. But it's got to be better than 8th in the SEC, and it's got to be better than 13th nationally. I think we can all agree on that. But where does Tennessee kind of fall entering National Signing Day? Well, as I mentioned, not acknowledging what we did in segment number one, 20 commits, all right, 21 if we acknowledge segment number one, one five-star commit who's going to sign today and actually already had his signing ceremony last week, and that is Mike Matthews, wide receiver. 14 four-stars. 14 four-stars. Um, Marcus Gorey and Jeremiah's Hurd are four-stars by on three, so on this podcast we're going to recognize that, but might not be five uh, four-stars at 247 or Rivals or ESPN or wherever. And then Tennessee has four three-stars, five if you count what we did in segment number one. Again, I will recap all this on tomorrow's show. We'll go through and I'll tell you exactly you know, who got where and what um, as we kind of recap signing day. But that's kind of where we are entering National Signing Day for Tennessee. Uh, so again, 13th nationally, 8th in the SEC, 20 commits, 1 5-star, 14 4-stars, and 4 3-stars. Position breakdowns. Tennessee has one quarterback in the class, Jake Merklinger. He's a 4-star. Tennessee has one running back in the class, Peyton Lewis. He's a four-star. Tennessee has two wide receivers in the class. Mike Matthews is a five-star. Braylon Staley is a four-star. Tennessee has six offensive linemen in the class right now. Bennett Warren is a four-star. He's an offensive tackle. And then the rest are interior guys, in my opinion. William Satterite is a four-star. I think he can play center in the future. Max Anderson's a four-star. Jeremiah's Hurd, I think, could end up on the defensive line, maybe, but he is listed right now as an offensive lineman and he would play tackle. So I guess that he'd be the second tackle in the class, but he, again, very new to football. His first year of playing football, he was a junior in high school. So played junior year, played senior year. Um, he's, he's huge. He's like six foot eight, three, 315 pounds, uh, maybe 300 pounds. Actually, he's, he's a basketball player. So he's, he's like slim athletic, but he's very tall, still learning the game, but I think that he can be sneaky. Um, I think he could be a sneaky guy in this class. I, in fact, Charles Power, of um, the director of scouting and recruiting for on three, is the only person to tab Jeremiah's Hurd as a four-star. He's a three-star everywhere else. Again, on with the offensive line. Bennett Warren, four-star. William Satterwhite, four-star. Max Anderson, four-star. Jeremiah's Hurd, four-star, because we're falling on three. Gabe Ginther is a three-star, and Jesse Perry is a three-star. Look at the defensive line. First one I'm going to mention, you guys are probably saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Tennessee's got another five-star. Tennessee's got two five-stars. What are you doing here? Remember, reminder, I work for on three. That is where we're going with this podcast. So, Jordan Ross is a four-star, but, but he is considered a five-star, I believe, by 247. 
and maybe let's see he's a five star by 247 and okay so 247 has him as a five star that's the only publication that has him as a five star but nonetheless he's a highly rated four star prospect by on three rest of the defensive lineman kellen lindstrom's a four star Carson Jennings a three star and jamal wallace junior college uh uh, commit that we we talked about on yesterday's show. He's a three star. Jordan Ross will be a Leo, and I think honestly the rest of these guys will be more strong side defensive end. I think Jamal Wallace will will go into the inside, but Carson Gentle I think is going to transition into a into a five technique. He's got to gain some weight, and I think Kellen Lindstrom, who's kind of the opposite of Jordan Ross, very polished against the run. He's kind of kind of kind of uh, raw and getting after the passer, whereas Jordan Ross is great at getting after the passer and kind of raw in terms of his rush defense. So they kind of complement each other that well. But my point is there's no defensive interior guys really outside of Jamal Wallace in this class. That was kind of a struggle for Tennessee for this class, uh, this signing class of 2024. So uh, that's something there. Linebackers two, Edwin Spillman, who I think is going to be a stud, four-star prospect. Jordan Burns from Pace Academy. Uh, he's a four-star as well. And defensive backfield, Boo Carter, who's really an athlete. I think that he'll have an immediate impact on returning kicks, punts next year. But Tennessee likes him at safety or that star position. He's a four-star. Caleb Beasley's a four-star. Marcus Gorey's a four-star. And Adris Farouk is a three-star. But I think he's kind of a low-key, sneaky three-star as well that it could make an impact down the line. So that's kind of where Tennessee is in terms of the class entering National Signing Day. What will happen? Will there be a surprise? Will Tennessee's um, expected, you know, commit on a Tuesday night hold? We will find out. Um, it's an exciting, exciting time, even though a lot of the hay's already in the barn, and it's nothing compared to what National Signing Day was just a couple of years ago. <laughs> that is for sure. All right, when we come back, we'll check in with Josh Ward. What's the latest going on uh, with Josh Ward and uh, the Josh and Swain radio show on 99.1 The Sports Animal? That and a whole lot more is coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. I do want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for small businesses, you want to have a as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have as many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified can get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses wear so many different hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So if you're looking to hire somebody to help you out with your small business, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. As we do every single Wednesday, we conclude our show here by having Ward Wednesday, Josh Ward of 99.1 The Sports Animal. Josh, uh, a new day, a lot of new things happening. It's a, it's a crazy world in college football right now. Yeah, we've talked about how busy December is, and it has not slowed down. If anything, things have sped up over the last week since we last talked on the show, which I think is great for us. It's interesting for fans. Fans have different opinions, which is perfectly fine. I, have, I know people that love this time of year trying to keep up with all this i know people that are turned off by it and uh everybody's opinion is is right in what you think how it affects the sport september through november 
that can be up for debate. All right, so at the time of this recording, it's early on a Wednesday. The whole Wednesday can happen, and I'm expecting things to happen. Uh, hopefully, we talked about it in segments one and two. But nonetheless, um, what do you make of Tennessee's two portal additions so far and Jacoby Thomas of MTFSU and, um, of course, your 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 other one in uh, Holden Stays? There we go, tied in from Notre Dame. The tight end position had to be addressed. Tennessee had to go find some help at the position because of the departures of Jacob Warren and McAllen Castles. And Tennessee went out and got probably the player that it coveted the most in Holden Stace from Notre Dame. And he can come in and help at a position that's very important in this offense. We have to be careful about overreacting to the impact that Holden can make or any individual transfer can make. I think that is the case across the board with most teams with most players. There are some exceptions, but addressing a need, having a player at a position that is valuable in this offense was important. Tennessee checked that off as the Vols will also try to develop Ethan Davis to play a big role in 2024. To find some defensive back help is a priority because of guys that have departed for different reasons. Jalen McCullough is out of eligibility, others transferring out. Um, you know, Kamal Haddon, they finished the season without him, but they, they need different players in the secondary that can play safety, nickel, corner, and finding some depth there is important. Uh, again, don't overreact to what the impact can be. Maybe they're able to get uh, more production than expected, but I think it's about adding depth to the secondary, which will be an annual conversation, especially at that kind of position where you play so many guys. But in this case, we're looking at roughly 10 guys leaving from the secondary. And that's a lot of a lot of uh, playing time that has to be filled in. You look at, and we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's podcast, but you look at what Ole Miss is doing. I mean, it's um, they're going all in on the transfer portal, doing a good job of getting some guys. What, what do you kind of make of that? And what do you think Ole Miss could look like roster wise in two years? Where I mean, you're still going to have a recruiting class, but mm -hmm. it's apparent that all the chips are in the center of the table for the transfer portal class and and go one of two ways. I mean, he did it last year and he, he won 10 games this year. Um, you yeah. know, if you win 10 games again next year, you're going to the playoffs. And how do you see all this playing out, I guess? Well, there's some risk to it in bringing players in because you don't know what their impact will be. And there's an assumption that there is a, a high dollar value to several of these guys coming in. And how does that affect the locker room? But, you know, when you have players that perform well on the team and they want more money, guys find out that those individual players get more money. And there's the question then, how does that affect the locker room? For Lane, he looks at 2024 as a big opportunity. They have Jackson Dart coming back at quarterback. They have a schedule that's manageable, uh, whether it's manageable or not. I think he'd be trying to do this. But he looks at a 12-team playoff and says, hey, if we can win 10 games again, we can get into the playoff. And that becomes something to sell into the future. So when you have to replace the guys that will leave after 2024, Ole Miss is more attractive. If you can send guys to the NFL from their stop in Oxford, then the next wave of players will say, huh, let's see what Lane is doing. He also might parlay it into an opportunity for himself in the future. And if that's the way it works, Ole Miss can say, hey, we had success while you were here. Like if he wins 10 games next, next season, and Eric, Ole Miss has 10 wins in three out of four years when it hadn't been done before he arrived in the regular season? I mean, how can anybody say anything negative about that? Uh, there does come more pressure, but if you're in the SEC, you're looking for a, a pressure spot. So 
Uh, I'm I'm going to be fascinated like everybody to see how it plays out. But there is no doubt Ole Miss has upgraded its roster talent level with the players that have been added over the last several days. And he doesn't get to play Nick Saban this year, so good for him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of what I'm saying. Like, you can look at the schedule. And there's no such thing as an easy schedule in the SEC, but I think it's more manageable. I think Tennessee's is more manageable in 2024. Not easy, but easier than some that are playing in the same conference. So Ole Miss has an opportunity. And having a, a veteran quarterback who's continued to develop in the offense, it's easy to overlook that because of the other players we're talking about. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just the way it works. Can it disrupt the locker room? Sure, but when you have high price guys come in, it can disrupt the locker room or high-profile players if we're talking pre-NIL. By the way, pre-NIL, guys might have found out what some other players might or might not have been getting. I mean, you know, Tennessee's roster last season had a guy that was a backup that was making a lot of money, right? Yeah, I'm not aware that that rattled the locker room. I think people love that guy. So uh, it, it's just it's part of the responsibility now of managing all that, and Lane's taking that on. Like... I don't know. I, I I understand the frustrations. And again, we talked about yesterday. Like, I understand the frustrations from some fans who are sitting here and saying, well, look, Lane's getting this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. Why can't Tennessee do that? Why can't Tennessee do that? Uh, reportedly, Walter Nolan's going to Ole Miss. Like, I think the whole, like, like a, I'm just using him as, a, as an example, like Walter Nolan. I think that would be the worst investment any team could make. Well, I think that would be the worst investment Tennessee could make. Not saying he's not a good player, but like Rodney Garner plays 12 defensive linemen. You want to pay the 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 bank to one guy on the defensive line? That that just makes no sense to me. Like Juice Wells would be a really good player in this offense, I feel like. And I would love to see it. I mean, I would love to cover a team with explosive guys out there like Juice Wells. But is he worth seven, eight hundred million? I mean, I don't know, whatever it is. Eight mm -hmm. thousand's not million. You know, whatever it is, I don't know the number. I'm just saying if you're asking for all this, I mean, is it truly worth it? Because I could see it ruffling some feathers in the locker room and I just don't see it being the smartest way to allocate your NIL. Well, those players have to perform. I mean, that's, yeah. to me, what it comes back to is if newcomers come in and the players who are already on the team know that guy's coming in making a ton of money, if he doesn't put the work in, if he doesn't perform and produce results, then others are going to say, wait a minute, why is he getting all this to come in, be a part of this team and not produce? If that guy comes in and works, and shows leadership qualities that you would hope a veteran would have, and then goes out there and makes plays, well, then everybody else is going to look and say, okay, that's why he's getting that money. Maybe I need to put that work in. So uh, college isn't professional sports, but it's it's professional-like. And we've seen in professional sports, high-dollar guys come in, and if they perform, then the team finds results that they're looking for, and the team builds around that. So I think it's similar. So if, if Juice Wells goes into Ole Miss and performs like 2022, Juice Wells, who was a first-team All-SEC guy, it's a better chance that Ole Miss is able to have the results that it's looking for when it has the other talent around Wells. And yeah, I, I don't know his personality that well. I've seen yeah. a little bit of him on social media, but uh, I don't know how he's going to do when he goes there. But Ole Miss is getting a lot of talk. And also – we can talk about recruiting versus transfer portal and you have to continue to recruit, but Eric, realistically, Ole Miss can't recruit at the high school level with the big boys. It's trying to beat out in sec play. When Lane Kiffin talked about needing to get better players to compete with Georgia after losing in Athens several weeks ago, 
he's not going to go get those guys from high school. They're just nope. they're not going to compete with Georgia. They don't have a chance. So this gives Ole Miss a better chance of competing. Plus, there is the known commodity that comes in. These guys are developed. We know what they're capable of. We'll just see how it comes together as a team. All right, last thing uh, out the door. Heard you and uh, Jason talking about this earlier in the week, and it's something I've talked about um, in years past on radio because it's, it's a really, really good subject. It's a very controversial subject, depending on who you ask, um, and one that I'm going to cover early next week when I pre-record some of these shows around Christmas. Who's a VFL? <laughs> you know, I mean, what is a VFL? And, and who qualifies as a VFL? And if you're here for four years and graduate and go on in the transfer portal – and finish your college career somewhere else, are you still a VFL? What if you play four years somewhere else? What if you play three years somewhere else, one year somewhere else, then come and finish at Tennessee? Are you a VFL? I mean, what's the criteria here, Josh? I think it's a really interesting uh, conversation and one that, again, I'm going to explore next week. Yeah, it kind of fascinates me how people respond to it. Personally, I I don't have a strong feeling about it. Uh, people can... Fans, for example, or fellow players. I mean, players I have a ton of respect for, um, like Swain. Uh, I, I joke with him about being on the VFL board, but I do know how much playing at Tennessee meant to him, the relationships he's had with teammates and past players and current players, guys that he kind of feels like he's a, a big brother uh, to them in the position that they're in. I have a ton of respect for that. I do try to have a little fun with Swain when we talk about the subject on the show, but it, it was strong, the reaction that fans showed us. Uh, we have a text box, and we have social media, and a YouTube chat where people can weigh in. And easily the majority said, if you leave us and go finish somewhere else, even if you spent four years on campus, you are not a VFL. And the, but the then players, my favorite caveat to that conversation, and I was texting you about it in real time, and uh -huh. he's your favorite player all time in Tennessee history. You got a guy like Ty Chandler who grew up in Middle Tennessee. Yep. Was here for four years. Yep. Did everything he could. Yep. Um, whenever everything's going down in January of 2021, you graduate and then you go to North Carolina, play well, get an opportunity to the NFL, and now you're still in the NFL. But he left when everything was chaos here and there was no head coach. There was no future. He didn't yeah. know what the offense was going to be. But he played four years and he graduated. So, like, to everybody that says when you leave, I hear you. But what about a guy like Ty Chandler? Exactly. He, to me, he's the perfect example because – he did everything he could for Tennessee while Tennessee did not do everything for him. I've, I ranted and raved on this show and on my radio show about Chandler is better than he is being allowed to show within this offense. He wasn't the only one, by the way. Uh, and I'm taking a victory lap on that. Look at him for the Minnesota Vikings uh, because I had a lot of people tell me, oh, he's overrated. He's not that good. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> th those four years mean nothing. Here's, here's what I would, would add to the conversation. You mentioned him being from the mid-state. Let's say in the next couple of years or whenever Montgomery Bell Academy, where he played, has a big time four or five star player that Tennessee has to go get. Do they go to NBA and say, hey, we had Ty Chandler, who's starting for the Minnesota Vikings or whatever he's doing. He came here and he succeeded. We helped him get to the NFL. Can they make that sales pitch? If they can, how does he not get to claim to be a VFL? So everybody's entitled to an opinion. I think there's some obvious cases like uh, Henry Toto. Probably not going to be described as a, a VFL by too many people. <laughs> Understandable. That that class of guys that left after a couple of years, totally get it. But somebody who spends 
three or four years and then spends a, an extra year. By the way, Ty had an extra extra year of eligibility. If if not for COVID, he would have just been going on to the pros. Yes, but exactly. Um, so people are entitled to their opinions. I'm fascinated by the response, but I think somebody who spends four years, somebody who graduates from the University of Tennessee, that should mean a lot forever. Just a little teaser of the conversation we're going to have early next week. And, of course, you can go back and podcast Josh and Swain. They talked about that on Monday afternoon. Who is a VFL and who qualifies as a VFL? Josh, You had to bring up Ty Chandler. You know how I get riled up from the I, past conversations. It's your boy, man. I mean, Jacob <laughs> Warren and then slightly below Jacob Warren is Ty Chandler. <laughs> I tried to tell everybody. I tried. You did. I remember those practice reports at 630 in the morning. <laughs> get in the ball. Uh, <laughs> Josh, what's coming up later this week on the Josh and Swain newsletter that uh, everybody can uh, subscribe to for free in these uh, show notes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's free. Uh, so check it out. I think you'll like it. Uh, give me a confidence boost by hitting the subscribe button. It's There's no spam. It comes into your email inbox every Friday morning around 845. But uh, a lot of conversation about Tennessee football into the future, as you're talking about on Locked on Balls. Basketball, we're a couple weeks away from the start of conference play. So Ron Slay's thoughts from this week on the sleigh ride with Tennessee beating NC State. So there is a lot happening covering it on the radio show and in the newsletter. Give Josh Ward a follow on Twitter. He's at Josh underscore Ward. Josh, thanks so much, dude. Thanks, Eric. All right, we do it every single Wednesday right here on Lockdown Vols. Ward Wednesday to conclude a Wednesday show. Been a busy show today. Covered a lot with Josh right there. Of course, covered everything that happened um, on a Tuesday afternoon regarding Tennessee football. Tomorrow is National Signing Day. When you listen to uh, tomorrow's episode, or when you when you listen to this episode right now, I guess, a lot of the uh, signings could have already kind of come in. What we're going to do on tomorrow's show is we're going to break down this class, who is what, a little refresher, and, and tell you everything you need to know about this Tennessee 2024 National Signing Class. So that's what you had to look forward to. All and more on a Thursday Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys, and enjoy your Wednesday, everybody.